getting away from fossil fuels in the energy sector is important and offshore wind along with solar and batteries is the way to do it, according to the federal government in many states. That's reporter David Borax, who has been reporting on wind energy for years. The reason getting away from fossil fuels is important is because it's key to fighting climate change. One of the states embracing wind energy? New Jersey. About two years ago, the state's Democratic governor, Phil Murphy, triumphantly announced a new partnership for offshore wind projects. So all in all, this is a huge moment. This truly is a vision turning into reality. This is, if you will, New Jersey's, if you build it, uh, they will come moment. He said that the state would be partnering with the Danish company Orsted, the largest developer of offshore wind projects in the world. The company had agreed to build Ocean Wind One, the state's first offshore wind farm powering half a million homes and creating thousands of jobs in the process. But even with this progress, we're still not done. We know that the industry is going to need a highly trained workforce. After all, windmills don't just magically appear. They need women and men who know how they go together and work to put them together and to make them work. The following year, Orsted inked another deal with the state for Ocean Wind 2, a second offshore wind farm with similar capacity. After years of review, the projects were approved in summer 2023. Construction of the first turbines was slated to begin in the fall. And then... Danish developer Orsted is scrapping plans to build wind farms off the coast of the Jersey Shore. In a stunning announcement Tuesday night, the developer... Orsted backed out, canceling the contracts full stop. The company said that supply chain issues, inflation, and rising interest rates meant the projects were no longer financially viable. Governor Phil Murphy put it another way. He called Orsted's decision outrageous and said it calls into question the company's credibility and competence. But despite the setbacks, Murphy is still all in on wind. A month after Orsted dropped out, Murphy directed the state's Board of Public Utilities to seek new bids from offshore wind developers. Earlier this year, in his State of the State address, he made it clear that his ambitions for renewable energy hadn't dimmed. We have set one of the most ambitious clean energy goals in the entire country, and it is a goal we remain firmly committed to, 100 percent clean energy by the year 2035. Now. To that end, New Jersey just approved two new offshore wind contracts. The state's trying again. Consider this. Offshore wind had a terrible year, but it's still a cornerstone of the country's efforts to fight climate change. Can the wind power industry regain its momentum? From NPR, I'm Camila Dominoski. It's Sunday, February 18th. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics, with vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician-curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics, now on Amazon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Stearns & Foster. To Stearns & Foster, your comfort is their everything. So they've made a mattress that's irresistible inside and out. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted. Every stitch, every layer uses the finest materials. 
like indulgent memory foam and ultra-conforming IntelliCoils for the coziness you want with the support you need. Timeless quality for your most comfortable sleep. Stearns & Foster, what comfort should be. More at StearnsAndFoster.com. It's Consider This from NPR. After the high-profile cancellations last year, offshore wind developer Orsted is striking a cautious note. Here's an analyst from Morgan Stanley pushing the CEO on a recent earnings call. What further confidence can you give everyone in the market that whatever went wrong last time, um, the risk management with the supply chain um, will not be repeated? Orsted CEO Mads Nipper said they're learning from their mistakes, but he also said... We won't pretend that it's fully stable or without risks. It is not. Everybody who says something different uh, is not telling the truth. David Borax is a freelance reporter based in North Carolina who's been following offshore wind projects for years. Thanks for being here. It's always nice to talk with you. Oh, you're welcome, Camilla. Nice to talk to you again, too. So can you start by laying out the stakes here? Why is offshore wind in particular important to climate targets? Offshore wind is one of uh, a portfolio of different solutions that states and the federal government are looking at as solutions uh, to the climate problem. Uh, you know, we need to reduce our global emissions of uh, carbon, and we need to do that, especially in the energy sector. And getting away from fossil fuels in uh, the energy sector is important, and offshore wind, along with solar and batteries, is the way to do it, according to the federal government in many states. Right. So there are several different kinds of energy you mentioned there. Could the U.S. meet its climate goals without offshore wind? I think it will be difficult, Camila. Um, you know, offshore wind is it's a proven technology. It's working in other places around the world. The U.S. is a little bit behind on this, uh, and we need it. And uh, we've got sites selected across the East Coast and down to the Gulf Coast and many of the states see it as an important part of uh, what they're trying to do. In some places, some of those other technologies you talked about aren't really a good option. Uh, there's no space for big solar farms or wind farms, and it just uh, makes more sense to include offshore wind in, as part of the solution. Right. So what exactly happened last year? Why were these projects in New Jersey and other places being canceled? There's a couple of different uh, things that happened here. Uh, in some places like Massachusetts, uh, the original contracts that these companies signed with the states to uh, supply electricity included prices that now, given the current economic cir circumstances, uh, they're way too low. The companies can't make a profit at that level of uh, prices that they're charging. So they're uh, they've canceled their contracts, but they haven't canceled their agreements to work with the states. And so they're uh, trying to renegotiate those contracts at higher prices so that they can uh, make a profit and still provide what they promised. In the case of Orsted, the, the Danish company that uh, canceled two projects off of New Jersey, it was a little more complicated. There was certainly the, the price issue uh, with the state of New Jersey there, but it was also facing rising interest rates, uh, inflation, the cost of doing these projects was going up and supply chain issues. Uh, some of those were blamed on uh, Orsted's oversight and planning, but in any case, it uh, looked like they weren't going to be able to get what they needed uh, when they needed it. And then there was a fourth element, uh, lack of the specialized ships needed to construct turbines has also hit some of these companies, and that was a factor in New Jersey. So if you've got some companies renegotiating these contracts, pushing the price up in New Jersey, where Orsted pulled out, they got new companies to come in and make, strike new deals to build wind farms. But 
at a higher price. Does this mean that ratepayers are going to be paying more for their electricity than than it looked like they were going to? Definitely. Uh, the, the companies are going to get paid higher prices for the electricity, and that'll get passed on to consumers. It's not quite as uh, cheap as we thought it was going to be, but uh, also right at this moment, you know, with the industry just getting off its feet in the U.S., prices for offshore wind power were among the highest of the renewable energies that we're looking at. So uh, that is going to be a factor going forward. So wind and solar onshore, they've gone down in price a lot, right? They're actually cheaper in some cases than traditional polluting ways of making energy. But you're saying that offshore wind didn't have that advantage to start with? Because it's a startup industry in the U.S. and we don't have the infrastructure to build the turbines and the uh, generators and the columns that are needed for these. We don't have any of that in place. We were relying on companies from primarily from Europe to supply us. So the, the price for doing this was going to be higher. And uh, add to this the delays now and the, the need to charge higher prices, and it's just pushing up the costs overall. What does that mean politically? This is, uh, as you can imagine, this is a difficult uh, political bite for folks who support offshore wind energy. Uh, when Orsted canceled the two New Jersey projects at the end of October, uh, the opponents of offshore wind were having a field day. They came out and made all kinds of announcements about how this was a sign that the offshore wind industry is not viable. They declared the death of the industry and said, this is just like we told you was going to happen. And uh, they've really made a lot of hay about that. Now, you know, I think it's important for us to look at this over a much longer arc than just one announcement by one company. And at the same time that Orsted was pulling out, other projects were moving forward. And so I think there's a a longer timeline here to these things, but it definitely has given opponents uh, something to talk about. How confident are other states with these projects that are moving forward that they are going to happen as planned? Well, they have the assurances of these companies that have said, look, we can't do it at the original terms of the contract. We can do it at these uh, new prices and terms that we're setting. Um, There are, you know, every day new companies that are signing agreements for these things, like the two in New Jersey that happened last week. And uh, so I think the companies are confident that it's going to happen. You know, it certainly could happen again that there's some unforeseen circumstance that steps in to make it difficult. But I think at this point, there's a resetting going on of the industry, and I think the companies and the the buyers of the electricity are seeing it as a positive. Big picture here, uh, rocky year last year for offshore wind. Which way do you think the winds are blowing and how steadily right now? Well, I think that things are moving forward. As I mentioned, you know, even as some projects are being canceled, others are moving forward. Uh, the Biden administration has been pushing hard to sell more leases for these things, especially off the East Coast. They also did a sale off the Gulf Coast last summer, which uh, was a little disappointing. Only a couple of companies applied. But uh, I think that it's going to be an important part of the Biden administration's strategy to try and meet its goals in the coming years. The companies themselves are adjusting. We mentioned Orsted, which uh, canceled the two projects in New Jersey. They have promised layoffs. Uh, They've taken a big charge, $4 billion last year to pay for their expenses. And they also had to pay uh, like $1.4 billion in cancellation fees. They're telling investors that they're back on track with all of this, and this is going to allow them to weather the storm and be in a good position to, uh, to keep pursuing their goal of being the biggest offshore wind company in the world. Reporter David Borax, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. 
this episode was produced by Avery Keatley. It was edited by Courtney Dorning. Our executive producer is Sammy Yenigan. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Camila Dominoski. With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Knowing that no business is the same, knowing that we're all impacted by things that are beyond our control, like catastrophes, and hearing and listening and understanding what's important to a business owner, understanding how much is truly affordable and what makes sense at that moment. Because a three-year psychiatrist is going to be very different than a 20-year doctor. And a two-year sign owner is going to be very different than a one-month restaurant owner who's just trying to figure out what's going to be on the menu next month. Those are the things that I think are extremely important that come to my experience as a small business owner. It's me figuring out how to help the people that I live with, how to help the people that I work with, how to help the people that I volunteer with. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.